Yes, people, it's episode 308 of Gross Brain Dove, and it's me, Griff. Obviously, how you doing? It is 10 p.m. No, it's 12 minutes past 10 on Saturday, the 7th of Se- oh, September, you know, 7th of January, 2023. And um, how you doing? Good. It's me in the kitchen. Baby's asleep upstairs. Wife's out gallivanting um, today. So that's what I just realised. I told the ESM boys we'd be able to do the pod thing they meant Saturday, but it's actually Sunday. Maybe I can call them. Anyway, I digress. How are you doing? How's your week been? What have you been up to? Have you been upset about Prince Harry's memoirs? So funny. Only people I see sharing stuff from his memoirs, these delicious revelations, are people who don't like him. It's like, the book's not even out yet. People have gone out of their way to find these leaks to say, oh, he spoke too much, he's disrespected the family, the queen, she's rolling in her grave, and all that stuff, and it's just like, just, how about you just ignore his book? You know what I mean? Just ignore it, but no, they're going to they're gonna read it, they're going to read it, and they're going to upset themselves. Um, do I want to read it? No, I want someone, someone else to read it, someone make a film, just tell me what it says. <laughs> Yeah, I just can't bother to read a whole book. Memoirs? No. No. No, no, can't be asked. Um, but yeah, what else happened this week? Um, I haven't done notes like I usually do. Something pops in my head. So I'll go, oh yeah, oh, no, I can't talk about it on the pod. I feel like that's happened this week. Um, what has happened? What, what's happened in my life? Let's start there. I was up in Cambridge yesterday. First gig of 2023. Um, which was fun, big deal comedy, uh, need to send them uh, some correspondence to get paid, and then that's it really, back to work, the train strikes, that happened, that's happening, still happening now, I think there's absolutely no trains from where I live uh, today or tomorrow, which is Brilliant, because I want to play football tomorrow morning down in Shoreditch, but I can't get there without any trains. I could drive, but then, do you know it's I'm telling you too much. It's, it's, it's boring. <laughs> I was going to say I could drive, but that means I'd have to drive to my mum's, and then my wife would also be driving to my mum's. That's two cars, and then we're trying to lower our carbon footprint, because we don't want Greta Thunberg coming for us. All right? I'm using two cars to transport three people. Ridiculous can't do that so yeah we're um so we're playing football tomorrow morning um talking about football gonna start taking my daughters as uh to football classes they start from 16 months old get involved gonna be playing football it'll be hilarious my wife booked it for me she cusses me because i never book anything for my daughter which is uh totally fair <laughs> you ever had that ever had your wife your missus Bring up a point and you just have no rebuttal. None. You just have to go, oh, well, ah. <laughs> so that's it. But she booked on Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings where I play football usually. And I was like, change that. She's like, oh, you're changing it because you don't want to do it. I was like, no, actually, complete opposite. I'm very keen. And then we sat down and laughed at the idea that, yeah, if, I've, if you signed up for football, who should take her? The parent who actually interested in football and watches football every week and plays football themselves 
or the parent who cannot stand it or seems between cannot stand and not give a shit so I was like I, I think I should take her so yeah so I'm going to be taking her on the end of January would be fun see if she uh, likes it because you have to because she's okay if I do roll the ball towards her feet she'll kind of move her foot towards it but she does the normal kids thing or tries to pick it up you have to work that you have to you know work that out of a child work against that instinct just fight it no don't pick it up kick it with your feet so I never had that I never started playing football till I was um till I was eight like, I remember all the kids in my street we, we had like a little square I lived in a cul-de-sac a little square at top street I had no ball game sign on but shut up isn't it you're a sign and uh, <laughs> And we used to play on the square in the cul-de-sac. And, um, yeah, just a big range of kids. Uh, I was, I guess I would have been, wasn't the youngest, wasn't the youngest kid. The youngest kid would have been, um, I don't know how to use names. But there's, yeah, those kids are two years younger than me. They were the youngest kids. But, we, but I was among the youngest. And, um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, I remember, and I remember I just wasn't any good at football. I played, but I didn't know what I was doing. And it was always like a joke about how high I kicked the ball. I'd always kick it clean over. Some of my mates would be listening to this pod now, but like, you, you did that, you did that throughout your life, mate. You, you do it now. <laughs> but, like, I couldn't pass it out. I didn't know how to, like, put any, uh, didn't have to wait to pass I just always kicked my kick, swung my foot as hard as I could every time. Loft it in the sky. Didn't have to dribble, nothing. And then, um, yeah, one day, um, I'm not sure if I asked my friend Ed or he offered. He was two years old than me. I say he was because he passed away when he was uh, when he was 19. I was 17. A car accident, but um. Yeah, I remember staying out in the dark in football, um, up in the street. I feel like I should have been indoors. Or, or, one of those, or you was allowed to go in for dinner and come back out because you was right outside the house. We lived at the top of the cold sack, so I was allowed to stay out later simply because my mum could just, like, without even getting out of her armchair, she could just look through the window, see I was there. Or you could just hear me. You just muted the TV, you had to hear us outside. And, um, yeah, we stayed out for about an hour, two hours. He was just teach me the basics, how to pass, how to dribble. It's basically, just don't, you don't have to swing your leg as hard as possible. And I was like, oh, OK. I remember the next day we were playing football after, uh, after school, or it was the holidays, whatever. I was picking teams. And he picked me first. You know, you know, how, you know how big that is when you're like seven or eight? Because he was, he, was like he was one of the better footballers. Yeah. And um Yeah. And he, yeah, he was one of the better footballers and I was like, ah, why has he picked him? And stuff. And then he was like, Remember what I told told you yesterday? I was like, Yeah, 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 I remember. We played. And I weren't shit. <laughs> like, I I peaked at football when I was eleven. That was when I peaked at eleven. Um I was at the height of my powers then. Then, uh, 
the yeah kind of plateaued, dropped a bit, reached another little peak at seventeen. Um, when I was just super versatile, could play any position. And then um, yeah, and then this was downhill from then. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was fun, fun, fun times. But yeah, so let's see what she's like. If she's got my natural ability of football, then she's going to be shit. You know, some like some kids are just good from little. But if she has my aptitude, desire to learn, then she'll be all right. She'll be all right. But yeah, I'm definitely going to put way too much, uh, way too much pressure, way too much weight on on her doing well, even though she's not even 18 months yet. Like, oh, I was like, yeah, hopefully she enjoys it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, hopefully she's good. <laughs> That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Yeah, but we could donate. It's good if your kids are interested in something you're interested in. If I can get interested in football. Oh, then, and if I get my son interested in football. That's three against one. We're dominating the TV. Football's on and I want it on. You know what I mean? Right now, I'm polite about it. I watch it on my phone. Naomi's nice about it as well. She goes, who's playing as so oh, Tottenham? She goes, oh, why aren't you watching the TV? I'll just watch something on my phone. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, she, she's good like that. But I'm talking about, I want to start watching Burnley versus Sheffield Wednesday. FA Cup second round. I mean, um, yeah, FA Cup second round. That's, that's what you want on the TV. You know what I mean? We want Celta Vigo versus Real Betis. <laughs> Sampdoria versus Fiorentina. We want these games on the TV. That's what we want. And then it's going to be three against one. Go upstairs. <laughs> oh, man. What, what has been going on in the world? What's going on in the news? What's, what have I been debating? Um, because I spoke about... Um, Kev did speak, speak about what is the thing called? What is the thing? What is it? Someone, uh, what is it? Reparations. Benedict Cumberbatch. Barbados are coming for him. Coming for him for, uh, for reparations because his family did the madness in Barbados, right? Now, Here's my view. Here it is when it comes to reparations. I'm I'd obviously like reparations, but I think what happens is we romanticise reparations. This is how I think black people think of reparations, because how I think of it is somehow I get lots of money. Me directly, I get lots of money because I'm an ancestor of uh, of slavery. Here's the thing. I'm an ancestor slavery. I assume. I don't actually know. Um, just it stands to reason, right? Ancestral, um, genetically, done the DNA tests. Uh, most, the biggest chunks of me are Nigerian and Sierra Leonean. So, yeah, from West Africa over in, over in Jamaica. Not sure there's any kind of voluntary migration there. Uh, at a guess but yeah so like what is the practical application of reparations I just want money 
And that's it. But here's the practical applications. First, you got to decide who's paying. Uh, I guess we would say Britain's paying. Um, the, so who's paying in Britain? What? Me? The people? No, the government. The government should pay. The government funded by the people through taxes. So UK taxpayers will be funding uh, the reparation payments. Now, that's all good. But I've also already funded the compensation of slave owners. Um, and now I'm going to have to pay for reparations, which is a worthy cause. But hold on. I was one people enslaved, right? Like my ancestors, not me. My ancestors were enslaved. So why am I paying? And then even with that in mind, I wouldn't expect or deem it fair for you then to just, oh, we won't tax any black people then. Is <laughs> that mean? So who pays? I got one reasonable suggestion where I was like, oh, why don't, why don't we uh, tax the companies that benefited from slavery? Got direct links, I guess it would be, so any of your sugar-fired people, rum, alcohol, those guys, um, landowners, t- tax those companies more and use that money. Um, I guess who else would pay for it? The royal family, any other kind of institute, they can pay for it. I mean, there's, there's ways of doing it. And then it's who receives the money. This is not the flip side. Who receives the money? Is it the governments of these Caribbean countries? Is, and is it just the Caribbean countries? Uh, Central America. What about America? No? Slaves are taken. Here's the thing. I don't think Americans took slaves to... America, I don't think Americans took slaves to, to America. I think it's British who took slaves to America. French. Spanish took slaves to America. So, you know, again, how's that work? How's that work? Is it to do those people receive the money from Britain? Um, Caribbean, Central America, South America. So you pay it to the governments. But then what about countries now like Trinidad and Guyana, who were British colonies, did do slavery, but the majority of the people who live in these countries now are not descendants of slavery. They're Indo-Caribbean. They're, they were... Um, what's the word? They're, they're labourers. That's it, the labourers of slavery ended. They uh, they got people from Asia to come to the Caribbean to do the work. Rather than actually pay black people a fair wage, get these Asians. And then, um, so we were there, so maybe individuals then. Let's pay individuals. So you have to prove you're a descendant of slavery. Right, so what about a West African person who lives in the Caribbean now? Or in America or in South America? You know, what are they deemed... As victims of slavery, I would deem so. But then you'd have to decipher, well, who made the deals? Is it because there's tribes selling prisoners of war? So you can't just use nations now. Now, how, how would that work? 
But then there's people with families torn apart in West Africa through slavery. So then would you argue that they're, they're a victim of slavery because ancestrally they would have had some family members ripped away from them. Do they get a payout? People from West Africa? And then when it comes to uh, descendants of people, descendants of uh, you know, enslaved Africans, you know, interracial marriages stuff, the person you give the money to, what if they're white now? I mean, what if they, you know, they give their ancestors, go, yeah, I'm actually, you know, 10th Nigerian. But they're a descendant, right? So do they get, do they get money? I don't know. I don't know how you do it. I just don't know how you do it. I'm not trying to be a poo-poo naysayer, but I just, how do you practically apply it? So yeah, but uh, but then more on the topic, to just go for Benedict Cumberbatch for me is just it's a bit slow hanging fruit in it. And I get, I guess he's a notable person, so it creates you know, noise around the subject. But to go for it to him as an individual, I no doubt he's, he's benefited from it, if not directly, indirectly. You know, the money his family would have allowed him to go to Harrow School, which I think has produced five prime ministers in this country. Um, but to come for just him, Let's think about this on a personal level. Like again, we can think of this moral thing of yeah, no, they should pay money. But let's flip it. If if you as an individual was told you you're now going to have to pay compensation for something that your great 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 grandfather did, I'll be like, fuck off. <laughs> because again, if you're going for targeted. Descendants directly, yeah. You got Benedict Cumberbatch. Are they going for him because he's famous and he's now rich? Is his granted got a head start in life, but then his money has come from his acting, it's not come from slavery, right? And you've got granted, you've got people like him who are doing well in life, but then there's gonna be someone who's got a slave owning great 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 grandfather, they live on a council, you know, a council estate up north. Banging on their door. I mean, are you John Smith? Yeah, yeah, I am. Oh, you owe black people 2.4 billion. It's just like, you what? And then I mean, he hasn't even got electric. I mean, he ain't topped up his electric card. Like, you can't ask him for money. So I just don't know how it works practically. What are the solutions? What are the solutions? I guess it's not money. Um, it's got to be maybe like writing off some debts. Maybe that. Maybe that's the reparation. But people won't like it because they're not feeling it. They're not getting the money back. But maybe that's the one. Writing off some debts. Um. What else? Maybe some trade deals, some discounts. And the people want something. How do you, how do you help the people? I don't know. How you get the people sorted out though. That's the government, but. Well, they get the people sorted out. <sighs> well, anyway, let's um, let's see, wait, 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 wait. 
Huh, take a big yawn. <laughs> I've been chatting for 20 minutes. It's, it's not been a long pod. I mean, let's, let's have a quick scroll on Twitter, see what's trending. Let's see. Uh, no, okay, so we're just liking the silly thing I'll post. What does I was looking at? Yes, Chief at Raiders. No, oh, this is for me. Rod Stewart's trending. Jacket Potato is trending. I need to see what Jacket Potato is about. Um, what? Oh, it's um. The Jack Potato is on Mars Singer and this tweet is gone. Oh my god, I think I've cracked it. Jack Potato could only beat Bruce Forsyth. Sounds like him. Love seeing Brucey back on telly. Good on him, I say. And someone's gone, um, I think you find he's dead, so can't be him. And the same person replied, Yeah, dead talented. Brucey for the win. <laughs> oh, yeah. Funny, 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 funny. Um, right, let's go on some dear Deirdre. Um, as a look for dear Deirdre, people go buy tickets for my work in progress shows. You schlegs. Um, at com forward slash inconceivable. Go and buy tickets for my work in progress shows. Do it. Do it. 18th Piccadilly Circus. 29th Waterloo. 9th Angel. That's the 9th of Feb. Right. Um, uh, oh, God. Fantasy nightmare. I regret telling husband I dream about having sex with a total stranger. Mm. Dear Deirdre, it took a lot of courage to explain my deepest fancy to my husband, but his reaction made me regret saying a word. Here's the thing. When you're in a marriage, you should be able to uh, let your spouse know your deepest fantasy, right? But I think there has to be boundaries, though. There has to be boundaries. Like, you've got to be able to gauge what is within those boundaries. My wife and I talking about, like, porn, yeah? We were saying about how there's certain porn that if you saw it on your partner's phone, it's, like, within the realms of normal porn. <laughs> I'm not going to that illegal. I'm not talking about, like, bestiality or anything mad like that. Every legal, within the realms of legality, there, there's another boundary that's, like, normal porn. That normal porn is you. Normal porn is what you tell the people you watch, and then there's people. Then there's on the outskirts of that, and then outside, but still within legality. So like, if you're a bloke, for example, and your your thing is like grannies, I mean proper grannies. That's your thing. You've got to know when talking to your wife whether that's inside the realm. Of acceptability or outside the realm. 
don't don't list all this new age shit but mm, can't kink shame no shame is a great tool in life bullying and shame these are fantastic social controllers <laughs> they're needed because you just go wild without them but yeah so so you gotta know you gotta know what what your partner's boundaries are when it comes to these things. Anyway, I thought sharing our fantasy would bring us closer, but it's only driven a wedge between us. The past few years, I've felt really turned on by the idea of having sex with a stranger, but my husband can't get his head around it. Instead, he has taken it as a personal insult, and he isn't good enough for me. He's being mad sensitive. Because what it is, he's just heard you say, I want sex with a stranger. That's what he's heard. You hear about your fancy. He's heard you say, I want sex with a stranger. And as a man... This stranger is better than him, richer than him, and bigger. And I mean bigger than him. Like, it's just the worst. You're just like, no, I just want the mystery. It's to someone new who is a bit dangerous, risky. That's that's what your point is. He's just like, no, he's a better man than me. He's scared he's going to lose you. And what he's doing, I, I can't talk on behalf of all men. I can talk on behalf of the men I know. What he's doing, he's forgetting that like when he gets on the train. You know, he gets on the train. 7.15 train, early one, headed into London. And then he sees this body walking down the platform. And he's trying not to look, and he's looking down the platform, every bloke's doing the same thing he's doing. Then he sits on the train, and she, she sits opposite him on the train. And before he knows it, he's, he's got an awkward public boner, but no one knows about it. But he's there nursing, right stiffy on the train. Why? Because his brain's saying, I want to fuck that stranger. He's forgetting that. He's forgetting that feeling. That's all it is. Anyway, I'm 48, my husband's 51. I still love him and I'm very attracted to him, but he has taken this very badly. Yeah, yes, yes, he, he doesn't. Be fair, when you're that age, Okay, you got to know who you're with. Got to know who you're with. Some guys be turned on by that. Like, oh, the watch. Weirdos. I know you shouldn't kink shame, like I've said already, but weirdos. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Anyway. Um, golly. Women are killing the guys with sex on, on this version. Um, humiliated me. X said, I am the most vanilla lover she has ever had. I thought the sex was amazing. Golly. Dear Deirdre, I'm a good-looking man who is scared of being humiliated in the bedroom. I'm the dream man. I'm tall, dark and handsome. My God, this ego is mad. For someone who's not confident in bed, you're definitely confident outside of it. Without wanting to blow my own trumpet, I never had any shortage of women who were interested in me. But I am, but I have no confidence in the bedroom. Um, I'm 49, my ex-girlfriend's 46, who I had the best sex with, told me I was the most vanilla lover she'd ever had. That makes sense. She's fantastic at sex. It was shit. So, granted, it was going to go like that. Uh, weeks after we finished, we ended up in bed, but I couldn't maintain an erection. I was, it was mortifying, and she said she shouldn't be... She said she shouldn't have bothered. Wow. I don't have any problems getting an erection when I'm on my own. I can't face getting with someone and being humiliated again. 
Um, I mean, all of this ain't going to help you get better at sex, mate. you, you got to put your willy in the... You know what I mean? That's how you get better at sex. Doing it. Um, but, yeah. Look, if you're the most vanilla lover she's had, you're the most vanilla. Even if... You should only be worried if you're the most vanilla lover. If, again, if you're doing some wild shit. If you put fireworks in a bum. Yeah, you know I mean, having sex for dunking her head in a bowl of yogurt, and that's what she likes. That's what you thought she likes, and you do all that crazy shit. You know what I mean, you're having sex in cow dog. I don't know what turns you on, but then she turns to you and says, "Yeah, the most vanilla love I've had." You need to worry. You need to worry. If you're doing madness, and they're like, "It is what it is." Oh man, like no, you're doing the absolute madness. And then she's like, "Yeah, it's just vanilla." As long, yeah, as long as you're actually doing vanilla stuff, like is it inside the realm of normality. That's what I'm talking about. For black people, orals just got in there. <laughs> anyway, let's get the next one. Uh, Golly. Acting out. Girlfriend dumped me after I hooked up with her workmate. That is wild. Not with his own. Dear Deirdre, it wasn't until I met my girlfriend that I'd, that I'd ever wanted to settle down with anyone. But now my hookups with strangers have caught up with me and she has finished with me. There you go. It's before with her let's read i'm 29 my ex is 28 and was unlike anyone else i'd ever been with funny clever and really ambitious oh man he sounds like you're you loved her it was great we were great together for about five months and then i started slipping back into my old ways going out with the lads and sliding off with women i didn't know this day and age as well crazy 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 uh, one woman I messed around with happened to be one of my girlfriend's workmates and she told my girlfriend who dumped me. Now everyone's, how long have you guys been together? She's staring at your girlfriend, staring you in the face. You, you, your girlfriend's like, get this wrong, just say, just say two and a half months, please, please say two and a half months. She's like, five years? The, the side chick's now going, okay, that's all I needed to know. Your boyfriend's a prick. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm back to the soulless hookups. Not that I ever really left them. <laughs> Jesus. But, yeah, man. Like, I don't know what device is, really. Because that could always happen. I have two ex girlfriends from literally the same school not my school I mean from London and I met in different walks of life one I met uh, while it's uni one I met after uni like a good five years after uni and as we were talking to the latter one obviously about what school she went to and she had a different school on Facebook because that was a sixth form there's a what Schools are you going to then? She said no schools. Like, oh my god. 
And I did the quick maths in my head going, now nah, you two are in the same year. You're in the same year. And then I go, oh, do you know this person? And she just goes, silence. I remember being on the bus. She's like, silent. So, uh. And I was like, your silence says, you know her. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> like, and she goes, um, can I just have some time off the phone, please? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Makes total sense. That makes total sense. And I'm like, fuck. Fuck that. But lucky for me, apparently, my ex before that ex, she says, oh, it's weird. Out of all the girls you could have got with in the year, that's probably the best you could have got with. I was like, what? She goes, yeah, because I thought, oh, please don't let me be uh, one of the trampy girls from another group that I hated, because that would have been terrible. I'd been looking down on you. And I thought, please don't let it be any of my friends. She goes, she was someone I was cool with. But... I mean, used to hang out for a bit in that first few years of school, but then just drifted apart. But always cool. And I was like, oh, safe, safe. But man, yeah. But what if it's somebody that you don't even rate? Or is it worse? Is it somebody you really rate that you hang out with, or someone that you hate? Just a dickhead. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter in this situation here because he's just someone he's cheated on her with. <laughs> I don't think she's like, ah, oh, man. She's really funny at work, though. No, I don't think that's what's happening. Anyway, how long have been talking? How long have been talking? For over half an hour, 33 minutes. We'll do one more dear, dear dream. Then we get the fuck out of here. Right. Uh, uh, ooh. Oh. Oh, God, that is mad. Your husband had a revenge affair with our neighbour and I can't get her out of our lives. Dear Digi, we can't get our neighbour out of our lives after she had a one-night stand with my husband. I blame myself because he had sex with her while he was drowning his sorrows. He just discovered I'd been having an affair with my ex. It's a mess. <laughs> I'm 48. My husband's 51. We've been together for 15 years and have a son who's 13. My ex got back in touch with me two years ago and we started meeting for coffee regularly. Nah, gee. I've had exes DM me on a friendly one. Oh, no, we should have, we should have a catch up. And I'm just like, what? How, n- no. Like, what is the what is the best that can come from this? Best that can come from is what that we find out we really get on and we should hang out as mates. Yeah, I'm sure that's gonna be accepted at home. <laughs> you know what I mean, what are we meeting up for? Like, no. The plus, especially for someone you didn't have a friendship with before, right? All you've got is just the first... You'll be, like, restarting again. You just have the feelings at the beginning. Lost. Just no. Mm-mm. No, no, no. No, no. You're foolish going for that coffee. Anyway, so I mean for coffee regularly. He was the love of my life, but his brother died suddenly and our relationship went downhill. He totally withdrew from me. Oh, God. So, yeah, you want it. He apologised for his behaviour and told me it was the biggest regret of his life. Golly, be fair, I remember uh, I had to reconcile, not with an ex, but someone I got with. No, apologised to them in person. We hadn't, hadn't spoken for like, two years. I apologised in person. Uh, ended up kissing straight away. <laughs> oh, 
there. Apologize to Kava Hulk. Hulk. I just. Do you know The electric was there. It's just like, oh, I've got a boner. <laughs> so, yeah, he's. Look, he's can't be. I've said this so many times on the pod and in person to people. Listen, it's, it's not the cheating, it's the opportunities to cheat. A man's as faithful as his options. And as a man, I think that's just people. Uh, you've just got to try to limit your options. That's it. Meeting exes for coffees. No. No, no, no. 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 Not the one. Anyway, uh, to my shame, we started an affair and I think I was caught up in the past. I really loved my husband and came to my senses a couple of months into the affair and put an end to it. I don't have contact with my ex now. Well, that's lovely. Bet your husband would prefer that uh, before he banged you. Unfortunately, before I ended things, my husband saw him drop me off near our home. He didn't say anything to me about what he had seen and instead he became very withdrawn. All right, one night we had a huge row with me demanding to know what was wrong and he stormed off to our local pub. Unfortunately, our neighbour, who is 50, was there. She's single and is what I can only describe as predatory. <laughs> no, then once, she's just there to rub in your man's neck and told, oh, what's wrong, babes? Just leaning breast on his forearm. <laughs> Um, because he was so low and drunk, he confided in her. She took to her to console and seduce him. He came home the next morning dishevelled and in bits. He was so upset he blurted out everything that had happened and asked me outright if I was having an affair. I told him I'd ended it because I loved him. It was very emotional, but by the end, we both knew we wanted to stay together and make our marriage work. Ah, oh, man. But our neighbour is making it impossible to move on. Imagine that. Because if you if you had like vindictive sex, like you're like, I hate my neighbour, I'm gonna fuck our husband and split them up. And they're not split up. And it's like, oh and, and she knows everything. You just like, oh, I had sex with him for no reason. She'd be fuming. She might burn your house down. Um make it possible to move on. She's forever parading around in the garden in skimpy clothes. Oh, she's going for that one. She always flirts with him and makes snide comments to me. She is driving me mad. She is a constant reminder of everything that went wrong with us and we need to move forward. you got to move house. Move house. That's all I'm going to say. Because you shouldn't have... You, I think you can get over cheating in a relationship, but you shouldn't have the person you cheated with still in life. Yeah, I mean, like... The woman's got rid of her ex-husband completely now. Or well, not her husband, was ex completely now. She made a mistake four or five times. <laughs> hey, she's got rid of her ex completely. But, um... But the person that he's bagged, she's literally next door. Even if she was behaving normal, each time you saw her, you'd be like... <laughs> so, my suggestion is move house. Just move house. You gotta do, or make sure when she's out, just set her house on fire. No, that does not constitute as uh, legal advice. <laughs> yeah, that's all I can suggest, man. I don't know, it's a rough one. Anyway, I think 40 minutes is good, good or well, 39, whatever. 
it's good time to end the pod uh, like I said people get tickets to my work in progress shows inconceivable um, Piccadilly Waterloo Angel get tickets it's going to be fun it's going to be a good show uh, even though it's early stages uh, and I don't know the timings of my jokes it's going to be good it's going to be good people alright okay that's the end of the pod Peace.